With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. It's officially winter. It's cold outside. And you need a jacket. I'm, I'm going I'm going right there. <laughs> I think you should get an Everyday Driver jacket if you're listening. We, we Yes. It's, you should get an Everyday Driver jacket. It's the host jacket it, that's now available. It's the la- Here's the reason I start this way. Because today, Tuesday, if you're listening to the podcast when it drops in real time, is your last chance in 2019 to order these to have a shot of having it in hand for you or whoever you want to get it for by Christmas Day. By Christmas. We'll leave leave everything you can open keep ordering. Oh, yeah, yeah. through the end of January 2020 yes, yes. so you can still get the host jacket so if you're on the fence and you've been waffling or if you heard this please, after the date well exactly that, but it's it, not before the end of january for, yeah for christmas but yes you need the host mm-hmm. jacket it, because they're pretty cool we've they been really talking are. about them since last year and then you know april came as we said well, and then we thought yeah it's a little warm now people more importantly people have seen us in those jackets and we do fast blasts in the winter and been like yeah right do you have jackets so yes we have jackets <laughs> jackets we also have t-shirts not only do we have the i speak car t-shirt mm-hmm. on the amazon store we have both the fate and fail and the pickle fork shirts available you need both of these shirts I, ideally you need all three but you we need have all both three coming. shirts we have all three coming you for each of us do. we do yes i'm very excited <laughs> do we wear each other's opposite shirt no. while we're driving the car or do we just no, match up with no the no, no stop we'll, we'll probably match up with the car just brain to hurts more ridiculous but yeah brain hurts from just all the logistics trying to figure out the last shoots uh for season six which is coming <laughs> also yes. some merchandise is blu-rays and as you know, Todd has recommended from a filmmaking standpoint, yeah. and I agree, yeah. Blu-rays just look better. There's more data coming through the pipe, for essentially, sure. than for sure. when yep. you're streaming. Even though the streaming on Amazon and Vimeo does look good. It does look excellent, yeah. The Blu-ray is, it's true 4K at that point, is it's it not? not for, no, it's not 4K, but is it's it 3800 it's no, it's No, it's still, it's still HD. It is? But there's so much less compression. The file is it's so much better data rate-wise. Yeah. It's the data rate is what it is. Right, right. And so that data rate is so much higher on the Blu-rays that it, it's going to look like most of you think 4K is because what's happening in 4K is, yes, you're getting a 4K feed, but it's so compressed. I bet you the data rate on the Blu-ray is still higher. Oh, I'm sure. It, you can tell when you yeah. look at it. it. It's really high. So anyway, if, you, if you're... The main reason we should bring up Blu-rays for Christmas, besides the fact that Christmas is coming and my wife says every day, shouldn't we really get Christmas gifts? And I'm always <laughs> way behind. What will happen to me is I'll be editing, exactly. and it'll be like the 23rd, and I'll be like, oh. Oh, yeah. I have people oh, in well, I've been editing, and I really – I was going <laughs> to exactly. take the next two days off, and I really ought to like give them a gift. But if, but don't, then you're don't, looking at shipping from Amazon like, I wonder how fast – Yeah, don't, don't, don't be like, – and then I'm just going to the local store and be like, that's good enough. It's here. I could grab it. That's We're done. That's good enough. Terrible. Terrible. Please don't oh, be like funny. me. The point here is – if you would like to have a Blu-ray to hand somebody a film at Christmas. That's what I like. I like I mean, actually handing the official here it is versus, oh, you can go stream that now. Which is true. I like yeah. that better. But, you know, the case should be able to fit inside the stocking. Hopefully you all have yeah. big enough stocking so you can jam it in there along with the candy and everything else. That's, uh-huh. stuff in there. that's what we do. While you're Too ordering the Blu-rays and the shirts and the jacket, <laughs> if you go to the website... <laughs> Because it's Christmas time, and we're all just it made is. of money and credit. Mostly credit, spend, not really money, but yeah. Now, I'm not saying spend your Christmas bonus on the merchandise. That's just extra, because I'm saying spend your Christmas bonus <laughs> on the upcoming Iberian Peninsula trip wow. in April wow, 2020. Wow. You can go to the Adventures tab right in the middle of the page, mm-hmm. and you'll see on the left col- column, Spain and Portugal for April 2020. You'll see yeah, all the details yeah. there. We're, we're getting close to figuring everything out. We are. We're very we're close away, as of yeah. this recording. Yep. So deposits need to be in to reserve your car. If you can go and if you want to throw caution to the wind and just you know spend part of your 401k and you know i say bring it because experiences what folks. good is money still sitting in your account come drive the we money. are we are not a financial podcast but you'll <laughs> come away with some really good good experiences but man will your photos be good your life experience will be good heck yeah you're, you're not really sure where your meal comes from at the age of 99 <laughs> but when you were 30 Life was good. Life was, That's what I'm saying. I was on top yeah. of the world. Hey. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, we've got a really cool topic Tuesday that it's a two-parter from Rich C., who's a yeah. patron. And he says, first of all, is Tesla the starter drug for people getting the disease? Interesting question. We'll cover that. Well, we also have a second part of the question, which is, have supercars become irrelevant? Those are practically fighting words. No kidding. He's essentially saying, should we forget supercars? We're going to talk about that as well. Then, of course, we do have an actual car debate from Albion is writing in from Los Angeles. So that's kind of hard as well. It's a cool one, though. I like it. It's I like very it. interesting. I hope you've got lots of ideas. I've got I've, some. I've got a few. Yeah. Maybe controversial thoughts that 
we'll I, see. I've we'll got see. something he's, he's probably he's not, not going to want to hear, but I have a, a, I'm going to try to land the plane anyway okay. when that comes. Sorry, of course, many, many questions. Yeah. All right. Jumping in. First of all, the question here from Rich C. Rich, thank you so much for joining us on our patrons as well. Patreon yeah, calls. for sure. For sure. He's asking, should we thank Tesla for creating a new generation of car enthusiasts? Like, okay. okay. The, right. the email caught my eye. He said, this is a curious separation from the current generation of driving enthusiasts. As we've discussed, the stereotypes of Tesla owners more interested in the tech and the brand than the driving experience we prioritize. Mm. However, we do know the person that lent us that Tesla Model 3 for the TV yeah. shoot yeah, yeah. is also a track rat mm-hmm. and a Porsche 996 Turbo owner. Yes, that he tracks Super all the time. Freak. And he had a Porsche 911 in our 50 Years of 911 feature film. Yeah. So a long, long history of Porsche there and drives really hard and is a great driver and then has this Model 3 that he loves. So they're, they're not mutually exclusive by any means. Rich says the driving community has always been broad, but given the current low rates of younger drivers getting their driver's licenses, should we be grateful for this next generation of car enthusiasts who mm-hmm. might become driving enthusiasts? Mm. So it's car versus driving. It's the tech versus yeah. the driving is, experience I, itself. I like, I like the entry drug concept. I, I, I see where you're going there. It's the, it's the idea that this is going to be the beginning of them going, I just like cars in general. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want... Rich, I so want you to be right. <laughs> I do. I so want you to be right. But I actually think, and I know this is a tired correlation, but I actually think the closest correlation is Apple enthusiasts. Yeah, and with just various Apple and, products. And I say that yeah. because people that really – and look, I work on Apple products. I am not married to the Apple community, but I work on Apple products, and I like them, and I enjoy them, and they've been good. I edit the show and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. But I am at least intellectually aware of the fact – that if I was just working for sheer computing power, I would go elsewhere. Okay? And, yeah. And, and because of cost or because of availability of power? Well, and also the fact that you can go, I want to build it exactly like this, and you can have these other things that, that mm-hmm. people that are – I'm sorry, I used this tired phrase. People that are computer geeks – do not ask them about Apple products if they are like global communal co- computer geeks because they will go off into whatever thing they built in their closet that could power the moon. Okay, <laughs> you know, so all available at Fry's. Seriously, so there's all of that. But so, so my point here though is if if you're if you find someone that is a huge Apple fan, an Apple fanboy, I don't feel like most of the time then the progression is in 10 years and I like all computers and I've decided that I like PCs as well. I don't think it goes that way. I think they are brand Mm. enthusiasts and I think Mm. generally people uh, broad brush here, folks, I realize this, I'm not saying this is universal, but in my experience and in the things I've heard and seen and the Tesla owners we've talked to, I know plenty of Tesla owners who have never liked a car prior and now they've discovered Tesla and that is the beginning and end of their car love. They are excited about the brand in the same mm-hmm. way Apple enthusiasts are excited about the brand. They're enthusiasts of the brand. I don't think if you step out of that brand, they like the topic in general. And this is my concern for people that are young drivers that have discovered Tesla and are excited about their Tesla product. I think they may turn their nose about everything else. In a similar way, and I'll stop here, in a similar way that if you're born into a Dodge family, you drive Dodge products, <laughs> and everything else is irrelevant. That could be a You're a good brand enthusiast. Song. Born into a Dodge family. There probably is one similar to that. I'm sure there's some sort of Mopar marriage story somewhere. I could write write That's it. That's good you give me too. Yeah. Anyway, so there's that. So you know, if you're born into one of the families of the triple, you know, American cars. It can be. We've had those car debates where people are born into a we family have. that only buys one brand and they can't step out. We've also had the follow-up conclusion emails from them saying, yeah, I was thinking about it, but I stayed in the fence. I stayed yes. in the corral. Rich, I'm not quite all the way there yet as well, and for different reasons, though. Somebody buys a Tesla. Okay? They're telling you all about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the top things. It doesn't have to be top five or three or whatever. It's just what are the top things they want to tell you about about the car? Okay. Okay. It's the straight line speed. Yeah. It's the tech. It's the autonomy. It's the over the air firmware and software updates. Sure. It's everything else but the driving experience. What what we driving enthusiasts know oh, the to dynamics be of it. A, okay. a a car that handles well and corners well and is dynamically brilliant and is just so much fun to drive. No, it's fun to drive for all these different reasons. Mm, mm. And we did cover that in this Tesla versus Bolt piece. This was mm-hmm. a couple yeah, yeah. seasons ago now. Yeah, yeah. But we alluded to this, and it was about all the stuff that it does. Mm-hmm. And for those reasons, that's why our friend 
who is a Porsche enthusiast as well, and the 911 Turbo owner. Yeah, yeah. He loves driving for all these different reasons. But if you're to push, I think, if you push on any of us and say, well, does it drive better than that Porsche? It's kind of a tough argument to have there because yeah. it's always creeping in, all this list of cool tech, and look at the screen, look at the, you know, they can, I found features and and hardware in have, my car. They're going to update the that later. Have yet? Oh, look, I'm going to show you ludicrous exactly. mode. Did all you know I can get Netflix stuff, when I'm parked? Yeah. That's further higher on the list mm-hmm. than it should be. So until Tesla makes or any electric car comes out with, wow, the driving experience is great. And oh yeah, by the way, it's electric and it does all this stuff mm-hmm. and it connects to my house and it knows the peak time to charge because of it, it connects to mm-hmm. my power grid and it knows the best price to get me and it can do all these things. Mm-hmm. Great. But when we're all talking about electric cars as being wonderful and pleasurable to drive, that's when the shift will happen. You're, you're, I, I, I see what you're saying. Not I, until then, because I it's mostly all about tech. agree with you. It's all about all this firmware, software, tech, all the cool features, all this stuff. Oh, yeah, it looks all right. And, oh, man, is it great to drive. The first Tesla Roadster, which is based on your Elise chassis, mm-hmm. yeah. is probably – neither of us have driven it. I, you've, you've not driven it. I haven't car, driven it either, no. I'm no. guessing it's – pretty dang great to drive Probably pretty cool to drive I've it's heard heavier, it has a, a, a weight and understeer problem because of what's been added but that makes sense that makes total sense but that's the the cusp yeah. of hey an electric car can be great but tesla mm-hmm. left that behind that was just playtime we well, just and proved that technology isn't a car that you buy that the original tesla roadster is not a car you buy for any of the features you just listed no? you don't buy it no. for the over the air updates or the amazing screen i don't know that it has that capability the, it, no it doesn't have any of that stuff so i that is an interesting point i mean here here's the problem and this comes back <laughs> So Tesla has built both, actually. Where we can talk ourselves in a circle here, Rich, is because what defines a good-to-drive car, and if you are a person who leads with all the tech features of the Tesla, for that person, truthfully, those are the things that make it Mm good-to-drive. But you and I would give good-to-drive a different definition than all of the cool tech it threw at us. And we've had people write to us and say, I don't care what color it is. I don't care if it has a radio or yeah, yeah. I don't even care about the cheapness of the interior. Mm-hmm. But man, is this great to drive. Yeah. Well, you know, we're coming from two different standpoints. So ultimately, we can say, if it makes you happy, that's wonderful. Just like Truthfully, my brother-in-law who loves yes, his son. Yes. And it, you can <laughs> – the, the steering wheel play – the Maybe it's just loose everything because it's a 31-year-old car. Probably that all of the above. Hasn't yes. ever had anything rebuilt. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it's loose. Yeah. <laughs> a loose sub. <laughs> anyway. He loves it, though. Yeah. He's into it, and he's rediscovered driving. I'm going, great. That's what the show is all about. And I don't care what it manifests itself in. I really don't. He's just involved with the driving experience. Well, you you bring up a great point here. We we are we are ultimately on this show. We are trying to be the evangelists of love what you drive. That's what we're here for. Okay, absolutely. So if you love what you drive, and we, and that could be all of us listening. That can be just you and me. That can be just one of you out there is going really that car. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, we still want that person to love what they drive. I don't care what it is. If you truly love it, the only time, the only time. That I really want to push back on that is when the person saying they love their car hasn't driven anything else that car competes with. Understand. But it can sure. still happen. It can still happen. Okay. I met, I met an owner recently that only has had a series of the exact same SUV, and they were asking me why the reviews of it were always terrible because they love it, and they've only owned a couple generations mm-hmm. of one SUV. Yeah. And I said to them very kindly, I said, I'm glad you love your car. I'm glad you love it. Yeah. If you went out and drove everything that competes with, I suspect you as the owner that loves your your SUV would understand why the others are better in most people's minds. And he was like, huh, hadn't thought of that. So that's the only time I want to push back on somebody that really loves their car is if they've driven nothing else. But That's a fair point. Still, I agree. I'm glad you love your car. I agree. Well, the second part of this question from Rich is asking if two cars are to blame for the increasing move from driving involvement Just to power and lap times and pretty much stats. Bragging rights, yeah. And those two cars are, first of all, the R35 GTR. So Mm -hmm. it's still current as of this podcast recording. It's still being sold as the Skyline from Nissan. You can Mm -hmm. go on the website and you can buy one. It's still the big GTR. There it is. Yep. The other here is Tesla, of course, and, you know, the Tesla ludicrous mode. Their Model S with ludicrous mode, be it the X or the S or whatever, yeah. You know what he's saying is $100,000. Now we're smoking Lamborghinis. Mm -hmm. How many more endless YouTube videos will there be of the Tesla anything against all the rest of the internal combustion engine cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a drag race. And Mm -hmm. I just... (laughs) 
do you all scroll? Like, do you just scroll right to you? You hit play and you skip to the ads. This and then is you how scroll YouTube right works. To the, this right is how YouTube works. Yeah, for sure. Don't for tell sure. me. Just show me the race. Yeah, just. that's what it's there for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's saying at at cost, which is true with that Nissan GTR when it came out. It was blowing everybody's doors off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for it was sure. faster, and yeah. it was right about eighty grand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was two thousand nine when it was introduced at R thirty five generation, at least on sale as an oh nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was just taking everybody's head off. You mm-hmm. name the manufacturer, and they were getting yeah. beat for sure. For sure, yeah, yeah. And obviously, it made everything faster. To Rich's point here, it says, "Well, yeah, just you know, everybody had to step up. Porsche, Ferrari, everybody had to be quicker all of a sudden." So. Is this progress? Is this just progress to lap times, not driver involvement? Or is it just yes. you made the thing faster? Mm-hmm. Was it more fun to drive? Mm-hmm. Did you add that part of it in the equation? Or did you just. Great point. You made Great it faster point. to beat the Nissan GTR so you can yeah. comfortably justify a $200,000 price tag rather than 80 grand. Yeah. All of that has changed now. That is all. Yeah. G- GTRs, brand new, are not 80 grand anymore. True. They're pushing 150. True. And they have a bunch of competition at 150. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of stuff going on here, Rich, obviously. But I think that that ultimately your your original premise is correct. And that is those two cars were revolutionary moments for acceleration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And everybody that was known to be, if you will, in the game or in play and acceleration went, we got to do better than that. But now, in order to do better than that, both both the GTR and the mod, and the Tesla Model X or S, anything with ludicrous mode, fall into this category. In order to do better than that, we have to take the driver out of the equation. <laughs> with both cars. With both cars. You're absolutely right. Both of those cars, the best driver you know and the worst driver you know can get that launch. Yeah. Can get that amazing time. We'll get acceleration that will make their passengers sick. The worst driver on the planet, a 16-year-old with a brand-new license and a Le Mans winner, same 0 to 60. And that was a defined feature of both the design briefs for both those cars. Yes. So as a result, you're talking about if we add computers and we take away the flaws of the driver, we can make these things even faster than people imagine. Great. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. The problem is that, by definition – removes us as a driver from the equation, more so. Not completely. I'm not saying completely. I know there's there's degrees of this. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it makes us far less important and makes us more like passengers, which is a problem we've always had with the current GTR. While amazing, I'm too much of a passenger when I'm sitting behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's that. The other problem that happens here is, and you and I have bumped up against this a few times, when we do our generational pieces or we do that generation versus this generation, manufacturers don't like that. Yeah. And they don't they like don't. it because they're too terrified that journalists are going to say, oh, the last version was better. I know you just released a brand new whatever, but the last version was but better. But the one you should buy and save money they, is They do not the want prior. that to happen. So they don't yeah. like to put what they will do, and they do it with lots of things. They'll put the one from six generations ago. They'll have that one up on a plinth at the press launch and then the brand new one because you're never going to quantify those. <laughs> okay. Not. But the the generation they just finished selling, that can't really be compared to the one they just sold because they're terrified. The marketing department needs every new version to fit under one headline. More. More acceleration, more power, more cup holders, more storage, more comfort, more features, more tech. You can't mm-hmm. have a, we stayed the same. Mm-hmm. And you really can't have, a, oh, it got worse in that category. So as a result, the Mini is no longer Mini. The, That's for sure. And every car you can think of that was fast 20 years ago is getting beat by a Camry now. Man. Because it's got to be more. Now, more in a, Ferraris are in that category. Yes. The Camry could smoke it. Yes. In some cases, 20 years ago, the Camry could smoke it. Cars from the 2000s Shoot. and a modern Camry, it's like, which one wins at the light? Probably the Camry. I mean, there's minivans that are hunting <laughs> 70 supercars at this point. <laughs> the only time okay? when I will say, my money's on the Camry. That is the only time. So I, this is the thing. This is the price of progress. And this is the reason why, as much as I think it's insane, this is what makes air-cooled 911s hang on to value. I think you're right. Because that is a, that is a, a, a pivotal point where that feeling isn't available anymore. The air-cooled concept, fully rear-engine car that will bite. Yeah. The unassisted steering in a rear-engine car with the air-cooled clatter – that is t- 
totally different mm-hmm. than anything being sold now. So they hang on to value because the other side of that equation is they're old, but they also will run, which is rare. True. True. So this is what's happened. Those of us that are craving driving uh, experience are having to turn around and get nostalgic to find it. There's also a third component that is now manifesting itself, Rich, in this technological progress thing that we're talking about, and that is the ludicrous mode compared to other electric cars' fastest, Mm -hmm. best times off the line. Because you know the Taycan versus Tesla Model S, that video is coming if it's not already shot and out at this time. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. And then what if the Taycan isn't as quick off the line and the Tesla smokes it? Well, then the Taycan's not as good in everybody's eyes. When in fact, yeah. it might drive yeah. better and it might feel better and you might enjoy it better. Doesn't matter. It's just doesn't compare to that one feature. Mm-hmm. And so you think, well, why aren't all these car companies, of all the cars you named, Cayman Boxster, Alpine A110, M2 Competition, C8, Evora, Supra, GT350, Camaro 1LE. Great list of quasi-affordable cars that have shocking, shocking capabilities. Yeah. Why aren't all these cars maxed out on power? Why are we not all, well, well, we just have to max as much power as we can put to it. Why, mm. why would you put a 300-horsepower engine in anything anymore? Mm. <laughs> 300 horsepower is like nothing. It's boring. Like, Camrys have 300 horsepower. My phone yeah. has 300 horsepower. Yeah, you know? you. So yeah. why would you go there? Why, why aren't we just exceeding the max? Come on. Mm-hmm. But it's all about what you're getting to, and that is the involvement. Mm-hmm. And what I think will be increasing from here on out, we're going to see electric cars not with 700 horsepower, not with a thousand. Mm. They're going to have eh, 300, 400. That'll be interesting. I'd be curious about that. I It'll mean, keep the price down. And uh, what if you just stop caring about the videos and how quick you can get off the line and, and any kind of mode? You just yeah. want to drive it. Well, and, and the acceleration has been a big selling point that Tesla, Tesla's been genius in this area. It was in the 60s. This is how yeah, we I sold know. We've come full muscle circle. cars yes. in the okay. 60s. But, but the thing that's interesting about Tesla is Tesla has created a, an equal sign between super fast and electric cars that they have to be Teslas. No, they don't. No, electric they don't. cars by their nature can be wickedly fast offline. You want a crazy accelerating minivan? Let's make a electric minivan that mm-hmm. doesn't the overall doesn't have that go to top speed or even that go to range but it will fly because electric Smoke motors everything. full torque the minute they start spinning yeah and a, yeah. an internal combustion engine can't compete with that so electric cars are this crazy fast not teslas but at okay, the same yeah, time yeah. It, there's an involvement question and I, I get into this conversation all the time with my son who again is 10 now all right Get in this conversation with him where he will be in the Lotus invariably, and he'll mm-hmm. see some car, and he'll start asking speed questions. And he's shocked by how many things I'm like, yeah, that's faster. And he looks at me like, how is that whatever? Compa- faster equals better. Exactly, because he's the 10. End. Because he's 10. Because yeah. that is the way that all of us buy cars and the way that marketing departments sell cars. I don't think because he's 10. All of us think faster is you're, better. You're right. There's you're so right. many enthusiasts and people lightly you're, into cars that think fair faster point. is better. Very good point. Nothing but to do with 10 What's interesting is the fact that he is starting to understand a little bit the idea that the Lotus has strengths and weaknesses, and mm. all cars do. Mm. And the things he likes about the Lotus make it irrelevant to him that there are faster things out there. Okay, so question back to the audience. Will you consider buying a future electric car that doesn't have as much horsepower as the electric Tesla whatever, and it's about the same price? Will you even consider buying it? Does it have to win the the drag race? That's my question. Or conversely, would you buy something that you don't care about the 0 to 60 because you like how it drives? This is coming. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to see what fun cars, because every brief you read, manufacturers still want some kind of fun halo car, because if they don't make one, <clears throat> Nissan, well, I mean, they do, but <laughs> I haven't updated in a while. Please <laughs> call Nissan. Anybody from Nissan? Just please, Hello. please call. Hello. Be this call to, is for you. I, free advice. <laughs> <laughs> if they offer... These, you know, whatever whatever electric cars look like in the future, from mm-hmm. e-trons to yeah, Taycons, yeah. and they're not fun to drive. Are we all going to revolt? Well, we're going to keep we're going to keep voting with our dollars. That'll mm-hmm. happen for sure, and that'll even happen on internal combustion engine things like the Mazda Miata, these kind of things. Yeah, good sports cars will survive because people keep buying them. Yeah, Miata's living proof of that. It's the best example on the planet. You might not be buying a car right now but you're probably still looking. 
We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to Autotrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Albion is writing to us from Los Angeles, and his question gets more complex the more he breaks down the relationship he's dealing with here because it's Albion and his fiance. who, hi, fiance, she's now listening. The question <laughs> is, what do we do as life changes and we get different cars? What do we sell? This email came in about a month ago, and Albion said they're moving in about a month or so, so meaning probably right now. They're moving yep. closer to his work. So this is right now, yeah. says the fiance, the fiance and I both work. He's got the commute. It's about 39 miles one way. The fiance's mm-hmm. commute is minimal. However, that's changing. That's what's happening with the swap right now. Yeah. Get this. Albion has always believed in having the right tool for the job. Love it. We do. So as a commuter, he currently drives a 2015 Cadillac ELR. That's interesting. That's a, that, we've never had anybody ride in with one of those. Those were $80,000, $85,000 brand new. It's essentially Cadillac does the Volt. They take mm-hmm. the Volt and they Cadillac eyes yep. it. Yes. Right? Cadillac. Yeah. Make it like a Cadillac. Nobody hurt yourself. Now with more Cadillac. Yes. Trying to figure that one out. Picked it up used for $20,000. That's amazing. Under 30,000 miles. It's a great car. We love the Volt. I don't mind if it's wrapped in the Cadillac. I think the problem with it was nobody wanted to pay that much money for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think people minded, A, that it was the Volt underpinnings, or B, that it looked like it did. Mm. And then it was a Cadillac. It's I don't think that's question. the problem. It was a price question. Very much so. Yeah. When, when Wait, a used Volt's like seventeen grand. Why Why the Caddy? So a Caddy for twenty? I love it. I under think 30? They got, that's I think a you're doing a well. Well done. Well Says, done. Very cool. It's doing extremely well, averaging 190 miles to the gallon and paying for itself in the loan compared to what he was paying in paid-off cars let, for their let, gas Hang bill. on. Let me, let me unpack that a different that's way. That's huge. What he, is, what he is saving in gas money is paying for him to have this car. That's what I love <laughs> about this story. That is practically free car. But Fantastic. the problem here is with the move, their commutes have swapped. Mm-hmm. His is almost nothing. Hers is now about 40 miles. Now, this is where it gets difficult because his fiance has never really cared about cars. He's a yeah. car guy. He has a Raptor that he loves. He has a 67. Hello, by the way, calling Chance, who shoots for us. Yeah, Albion has a, a 67 Mustang that he says is a full resto mod. He's done it all. That's okay. awesome. I mean, so he's undoing everything the Cadillac is doing. He's sort of like he's, but but he, but the Cadillac's the daily. Cadillac's daily. So he's got the Caddy for the commute. He's got the Raptor for hauling toys. He's got the uh, Mustang for fun. Mm-hmm. But then, for whatever reason, his fiance <laughs> said, "This is the only thing I've ever really wanted," and they got her what she wanted, which is that official Toyota tan Tundra. <laughs> The desert tan. It's like the crema on top of a freshly pulled espresso shot. Sure. That, that is the color All of right. this Tacoma. Uh, I'll give that to you. Instead of just I looking like, ah, it's desert brown. No, no, no. This is crema off your top of your espresso. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So, indeed, they do have toys. They've got a wakeboarding boat that they take out to the lake. They tow it with the Raptor. They yeah, enjoy yeah. going to the deserts near L.A. and riding dirt bikes. They go camping, and they go off-roading in the Raptor. Mm-hmm. And it does well. It's what it's built for. I'm glad to hear that you are indeed one of those folks that live in Southern California and Mm -hmm. drive your Raptor and get it dirty. This is wonderful. And then, yeah, the Mustang is Canyon Roads, occasional track days. All are paid off except for the Cadillac picked up last year. So, yes, we've got the Crema Espresso Tacoma. All -hmm. right. And now that they're moving, her commute is 45 miles. And gas is going to kill them in Los Angeles. She does not want to commute in that truck. She doesn't want the ELR. No. So what do we do? What do, this is the big question. What do we do? He's he's sitting here thinking got about two pickups. Well, exactly two pickups. 
Neither one of them is going to commute. What do he can't give her the ELR? She's not interested. No. And and here's honestly, when you read this, I suddenly struck this, and I was like, "Oh, Albion's struggling here in yeah. one main place because you finally found the woman that you love. Yeah, you finally gotten her the car she loves. <laughs> this is and so you don't, are facing. Don't mess with that. Yes, part. exactly. Do, do not. You are facing that. this. Wait a minute. I just got over that hurdle into she loves what she drives. Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to kill it now? <laughs> They've got two pickup trucks, the Mustang and the Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. So Albion was thinking, how about a used Model S yep. to replace her Tacoma? But she loves the Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And the ELR is paying for itself. This is really, the, really hard. The ELR goes, but I have, I, I think I've got a solve here. I think I do. I like keeping the Tacoma. And I like the idea of maybe buying a cheap commuter or doing some sort of swap where you get the Model 3 that you've been eyeing or mm-hmm. Model S that you've been eyeballing, you know, for used. And suddenly you're into, you know, a Tesla, you're into an electric car. Yeah. Albion. And then, you know, you swap out because just owning one electric car, even though the ELR is doing great, mm-hmm. maybe that somehow kind of eases your mind and certainly will reduce your gas bill further. Yeah. So maybe a couple days a week, she takes the Tacoma and you're in the model S and then you swap halfway Mm. through the week or, you know, kind of on and off. And depending if you've got a business meeting somewhere, you know, who needs what car today. So possibly she needs to be open to driving something else, but the Tacoma does not leave the family. Hmm. The problem is Tacomas are great and they're very nimble and they are very capable off road. Completely. Yeah. I just don't know if it'll tow the wakeboard boat and do all the camping and stuff that the Raptor is really well suited for. So that yeah. means, do you keep the Raptor? Because that's that's a tough call. I'd love mm-hmm. it if the Tacoma did everything the Raptor could do, and then that would be solved. I but th- I don't yeah. think it quite gets you there. Yeah, that's I don't my think it'll tow the boat well. quite as I, well. I said Tundra earlier on. This is the Tacoma we're talking about. The Tundra is the bigger boy. The, the Tundra is the big one. This is the but Tacoma. Here, but here's the thing, though. The Tacoma is one of those little – honestly, this is going to sound weird. I feel like the Tacoma is the Miata of the truck world. It okay. seems like the okay. smaller, cheaper, very nice, and then it's currently killing you on the back road. It's doing better than your big heavy-duty whatever because it's Tacoma. Yeah, and little tacos just climbing its way up. We've seen because them do so this. Capable. Yeah, so I, I think it is the. I mean, the people that are off roaders already know this, but I actually think that the Tacoma does enough of what the Raptor does. the The big question is the wakeboard boat. It's the boat. I don't know but if I, it might be able to tow the boat, but it'd be pushing the upper edges of that. It's thing. it's thirty five hundred to seven thousand pounds towing. Okay, the Raptor will do eight. I just looked it up. Okay, maybe it'll tow the boat. I suspect it'll tow the boat. I don't know. I don't know. You're living in Southern California. I doubt you're towing it over a lot of hills, but I, I don't know. I don't know how Let's heavy see. that boat is, but yeah. my guess is that boat is probably somewhere right in the middle of the tow range of the Tacoma. And the Tacoma is probably, I mean, except for fast desert running, mm-hmm. can probably do any of the rock crawling thing you're doing in the Raptor. It'll tow bikes, it'll go camping. You mm-hmm. see where I'm going, Albion. I think you need to sell the Raptor. That's Keep the Tacoma, one. and then let's talk commuter in just a second. But but think about this. Two things. First off, you aren't separating your fiance and soon-to-be wife from a truck she loves. You aren't separating her from that because I promise you <laughs> very that important. will eventually bite you. So don't do that. Yes. Secondly, though, you are maintaining most of the capability that you have in your Raptor. Not all. Not all, granted, but most. And you've made a sacrificial play. Mm-hmm. Good for the relationship also. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. I, I think I think the Raptor goes. So the commute thing. Does the I, ELR and the Raptor go? Yes. Are you thinking both go? I think they both go because I think the ELR is not loved enough in this situation. What does she want in a commuter is going to be the big question. And it might be a Tesla. You're talking used Model S, but isn't used Model S about Model 3 money? It depends on the yeah. – the I'm not sure how high up, and I'm not sure how high up the Model S yeah. world you're shopping, but I wonder if that's used Model Three money. I wonder if she might like the Model Three more, just because it's latest and greatest, and everybody that I know that has a three loves it. So thin, thin <laughs> that, but also save you money. You're a guy that saves money on used stuff. You're a guy that drives an ELR. How about a Bolt? Because I bolt bet you work. money you could get yeah. a Bolt for 2025 right now used. 
Yeah, you probably could. So you'd be spending half as much as you would on the Tesla product. She gets a fully electric car. That car has genuine zip. It's a great commuter. It'd be perfect in Los Angeles. I think the Bolt is possibly the play here. So that so she keeps the Tacoma. She starts commuting in the Bolt. Yes. The Bolt's for her. The Bolt's now the commute And car. he drives what? Well, he has almost no commute now. So he can drive the Mustang because the commutes have swapped. He can drive the Mustang Oh, that's fun. right. He does not keep his 39-mile commute, right? Yeah. Or does he keep that? That's the thing about the move. They okay. swapped commutes. Okay, okay. So now he can uh, – what do you want to drive today? Do you, wanna, you could drive the Mustang today. You could drive the Tacoma today. You could – you could. Maybe you hold out a little bit, and then you get the fun car because you've gotten rid of two. I mean, initially, I was going to spend, say, spend more money. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Paul was going to say spend more money? Uh, that was – no, We need a moment I of ran. silence for the sheer shock here. <laughs> no, we don't. Moving on. I thought, okay, well, you want to keep everything. But then coming to the realization, I think your brain is more enamored with the ELR rather than you love it. It's just more like, holy yeah. cow, this thing is fitting and it's paying for itself it's cool. kind of. It's cool, yeah. Even though, but if she doesn't want to commute it, I think it's gone. I I agree. I because think it's, it's gone. The commute car. I think if you can make the Tacoma work, mm-hmm. I think the Raptor goes too. But the other problem is it's a 2012 Raptor with a V8, which is what everybody wants out of the Raptor now because the, it's the V8 they don't have yes, them anymore. True, but that means your resale is going to be decent. It could be better. It could yeah. be better. So, <laughs> I I do. I think there's some sort of commuter, and you could go Bolt, but. What about something even smaller? What about a Miata? What about something, the trade-off, the sure, extremes sure. of her driving situation, yeah, yeah, loves yeah. the Tacoma, looks forward to driving it. You know what? It's perfect sunny day. Take the Miata or something like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. But that does leave the door open, Albion, for you now with, I mean, I don't know, 20, 30 grand to spend somewhere yeah. in there for something that you've really wanted. Maybe it is that Tesla Model S. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You don't have a commute yeah. to justify yeah, yeah. it, but maybe you just want it, which is mm. perfectly fine. Yeah, for sure. But this is tough. I think if you get a used Bolt, you may have money left over that you could get something in the sheer fun equation. I mean, that's where my head's at. It's, yeah. It just opens your up to mm-hmm. totally. all kinds of choices, totally, yeah. which could be fun. So explore what you want next out of a car, but the ELR, as cool as it is and different, I think it has to go crazy we should do some questions we should if you got there your debate, everyday driver tv at gmail.com or on the website when you're you know spending money for christmas and, and buying christmas gifts and going on the iberia trip you can also email us on the iberian peninsula trip love that we'd love to have you with us it's we gonna be would. a very cool we trip would. did you see uh mc randall seven's question on facebook um, it's four little words uh-oh why does buick exist oh <laughs> i actually do have this answer uh you know, GM, when they went through their bankruptcy, uh, they, they killed a lot of brands. Pontiac was among them. Among them. Hummer died. Uh, Saab died. There were others, okay? Pontiac, up until that point, had become kind of the enthusiast-leaning brand of GM. Hmm. I wish they had survived, but they didn't. That killed the uh, Solstice. It killed the G8. Uh, it's too bad, okay? But they kept Buick, and at first it seemed insane. <laughs> I mean, of the, of the two names, Oldsmobile versus Buick. Get rid of Oldsmobile. Yeah, but then Buick versus Pontiac, you look at the Buick lineup, why did we, Buick survive? Yeah. Buick survived because of China, and it still survives because of China. I agree. There is a weird uh, headspace in the Chinese buying public. The, the young people with money to buy new executive cars view the traditional executive brands, BMW, Audi, Mercedes, even Lexus to a, to a degree, they view those as old people's cars. They view those as, that's the luxury stuff my parents drove. So culturally, the young person with money in China is looking at Buick differently than we do. They look at it as an aspirational kind of more enthusiast-bent luxury brand, and that is the reason why they saved Buick. And it's the reason why Buick still exists, and it's the reason why we in the U.S. look at Buick and go, why Buick? <laughs> Who's buying Buick? It's not us. Hmm. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Buick is the all-electric... Sun- well, no, they've got a whole bunch of other options to do that with, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's the luxury alt, and it's just because the Chinese market? Huh. All right. Instagram, Charlie K. NYC says, in the car care question category, he's in the process of swapping out his daily, but the timing is such that he needs to enlist... His pristine, rust-free Garage Queen BMW E46 for commuter duty for a few months this winter. Okay. It hasn't seen snow in seven years. Corrosion is a known issue with these, especially mm-hmm. that rear subframe. 
Is there a method or trick to thoroughly scrub the salt and grime from the underside with just an ordinary hose and spray nozzle? He said he saw a vlogger suggest dragging a lawn sprinkler back and forth underneath the car. But with his two-bucket clay bar method, his neighbors already think he's insane. <clears throat> if you go down this road, they're going to think you're even more insane. I was actually <laughs> looking on Griot's site because I thought a couple years back they had this product. I didn't see it on there. Maybe it's still on there. It is actually a wand on rollers you connect to your hose, and it sprays vertically. It just Oh, wow. I mean, you just... Of course that it, exists. It's like of course an upside-down rake, and you just drag it. You actually push it like a vacuum cleaner <laughs> underneath it, your car. So of course it exists. You know, sort of spraying underneath. Yeah. If you don't find it there, you can certainly find them on Amazon, as a matter of fact. Yeah. They do yeah. exist. And if you're really wanting to go through with this, the insanity, that is a good way. You'll notice a lot of car washes around here, actually. And I do use car wash, the, the spray-only kind, not the scrubbing. I'm well aware the spray only of kind. standards, yeah. When you first, the door goes up and you first enter the threshold, there are sprayers mm-hmm. that spray straight yep. up. Yep, yep. I just, I linger right there and I kind of go back and forth over. I'm like, reverse <laughs> forward, reverse <laughs> forward. It's your carba day. <laughs> it is. It's horrifying. That's a great anyway. name for the product. Wow. Okay. Nobody's yeah. thought of this. Nah, probably for good reason. Yeah. Your undercarriage bidet. We're talking about cars here. What are you thinking? So you could do that product on Amazon. You could get it. I, I think it's on Griot's. I'm still not sure if it's on there or not, but you could just linger at the threshold and go back and forth. The lawn sprinkler is sort of <laughs> Sounds like... Sounds terrible. <laughs> be like, sorry, sorry, what are you doing? And then if it's cold enough, all that water instantly turns to ice. Yeah. Yay. Good job. So it's tough, I admit, but do the best you can for sure. You could get a really super long brush and, you know, sort of scrub your underside. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. This is starting to get a little personal. <laughs> On Instagram, I'm going to get this uh, avatar wrong, but it looks like it's McGiblis Co., Anyway, you've asked the obvious question because Paul posted stuff on Instagram about the fact I just uh, turned over the Phaeton for detailing. And he went, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Why on earth is the Phaeton getting detailed as we head into winter? I agree with you. I kind of checked my own motives when I did this. But here's exactly the reason why. First off, we're shooting it for television this week. That's part of the reason. Yeah. But second, because, of course, look, it's going to be filthy in 24 hours after I get it out of detail. Yeah, exactly. But the number one reason I did it is because this car clearly, as I've done my archaeology as I refer to it, it clearly was has lived its life in Florida outside. The buttons on the roof <laughs> have all turned to that nasty early 2000s stickiness, and they've, they're all peeling they're off. They're melty. It's, it's very melty. I also don't think this car this car didn't have a Covercraft cover. It didn't have a sunshade. It didn't have anything. So everything's been baked. These Phaetons were put through a pretty elaborate paint process. The paint is actually really robust. You can touch the paint on the Phaeton, and I'm not even a guy that knows much about paint, and I can tell how dry it is in spite of the fact it's put on really well. It's mm-hmm. like sandpaper dry, which really concerns me about sitting outside all winter, and the leather's never been treated in any way, shape, or form. I want to get some sort of defense on the paint and the leather now before I put it through a rough winter. That's why I'm doing it. It seems a little insane, but every time I kind of go, no, I shouldn't do it, I look at those surfaces again, I'm like, I don't want to lose that over the winter, so I should defend it somehow, so that's why. Pete G. did send me a video of the How It's Made Dream Cars showing the this generation that I've got, that how they make the Quattroporte, and after the initial enamel process, they dust the car with emu feathers. Pete, thanks for sending that in. What? Emu feathers. It's sort of like using cheesecloth before you put you know down All the right. final coat of paint. I'm horrified. But emu, why not emu feathers? <laughs> or, or why, for let's, that better. Let's yeah. kill some emus so my car can be dust-free before the enamel goes on. That is funny. Sure, let's do that. <laughs> Poor Porsche Life 111 on Facebook said, when are we in Los Angeles and going to join them on the late night play set? That sounds cool. I, when we're in Los Angeles, I'm let's try that. I it. like that idea. That's very cool. I was happy to be guests other places. That would be very fun. Another one real quick. Uh, Kazi Shove on Facebook said, would we recommend doing a first track day in a 14-year-old vehicle with a CVT? Yikes. Here's the thing, Kazi. Go do a first track day. I don't care what you take. You, you, will, you will discover more about your own driving and about the capability of your car. I don't care about the things about it that are less than what you would like for a track day. You and I are happy to get in anything they will give us when we're at the ring. I'll drive that. Shopping cart with a motor? Let's get on the ring. I, I got a helmet. Let's go. I can wear that. Seriously. So <laughs> I think especially if it's first track day, you're not going to be so far at the upper limits of whatever you bring that it's going to matter that much. You may decide you really like tracking. You may decide this is the worst car in the world for this. You may get another car. You may have another experience. But you will walk away a better driver. So I say just take it. I don't love it. 
Of course not. It doesn't check the right boxes we hope for for a track car, but who cares? Go mm-hmm. drive it. The Minty Mini on Instagram is calling me out because we've said the car that can put the maneuver to the accident, maneuver out of the accident, I is the this. safest. So therefore, is a Suburban that has suspension mods or a Miata with completely blown suspension safer? <laughs> Because wow. all of these things get compared regularly. Yes. You saw that YouTube video, right, of the suspension modded Suburban versus the Miata with it? No. Of course, yeah. you didn't. The idea of the suspension, the whole <laughs> purpose of suspension is to keep the tire in contact with the ground. Yes. That's the entire purpose. And how it does it and the method and, you know, all those kinds of things. The ride quality, all those kinds of things. That is ultimately more important. Mm-hmm. So a, a blown out suspension that can judder and jump and actually make the the tires of the car lose contact with the ground is less safe than if you do have modded suspension. It, I, such a, I'm not sure why we're comparing it's, it's them, but you question. get the idea. Yeah, yeah, Ideally, yeah. you want the suspension, even if it's modded, mm-hmm. to keep the wheels, the tires in contact with the, the pavement. The less weight of the Miata is a, is a factor here as well. It kind but, of okay, is, yeah. but yeah. But theory. We're all in theoreticals for sure. Torque Addict says... What is the best or our favorite front engine, rear drive, V8, four-door from the last 10 to 15 years? There Mm. are a few, but you're asking domestic. Nobody's going to be surprised, but I'm going to say it anyway. Chevy SS wins. Everybody else is competing, as far as I'm concerned, for third place and below. Chevy SS with Magnaride and six-speed. You are a happy person. Get one, be happy. There's a couple of competing thoughts here. One from Grand Tourne Connoisseur who could never understand cars whose owners put them away for the winter. They've got the sports car and they mm. tuck them away. Like my, my Lotus? Th- there yeah. is that. Yeah. And, you know, they're not Lambos or Ferraris. You could put the winter tires on those cars. I could put winter tires on the Lotus. You could. I could. It's a money I've thing. I've really to be seriously honest. thought about it. I mean, I, I probably would on the Cayman, but I've got, you know, expenses elsewhere. And, you know, why would, why would you deprive yourself of fun in the snow? You shouldn't, you wouldn't, no. you couldn't, but again, it comes down to money. And then over here, Jared Rose one is saying now that winter is here, any t- tips for keeping our cars out of the elements for those without a garage. <laughs> those are conflicting. Yes. A little bit conflicting, but ultimately, yes. If you've got the ability to get a Covercraft car cover, mm-hmm. highly, highly recommended. They're awesome. You can get the thin stuff for the indoor. You can get the, the Noah covers that are really robust. I'll post some p- photos. I've had the, the Lancer underneath its uh, cover for the last week or so because I've been driving the Phaeton. We've gotten a ton of snow. It's been phenomenal. And you're also probably wondering about putting it on with that thin layer of ice and snow between it and the cover. I wouldn't worry too much about it, mm. honestly. Because keep in mind, if it rains on your car and the water just kind of sits on your car for a while until you take it back off again, that's okay. The cars are built to do that. I mean, it's not ideal. I mean, you want to scrape and wipe off as much as you can before you put that like cover on. Mostly clean, yes. But if it's still a little bit there, it doesn't have to be perfect. Don't stress yourself out. Just put it on anyway because mm-hmm. ultimately having that cover on, whether there's some moisture in there or not, and ideally you want to get that moisture out of there because it can freeze and stick and all those kinds of things. So, yeah. But if it's still there, that's okay. You just want to use the cover as much as you can, and that will ultimately keep you know as best you can. Highly recommend the covers. My Noah cover doesn't move at all. I had a thinner one at one point, but I've got the big heavy-duty Noah cover, and it just sits it, – it hangs onto that car, doesn't even blow around. It's like it's tent staked to the ground. It, but this one even isn't. I did the one on the Mini. This one isn't. Yeah. This one just hangs on, and it gets snow on it. I'll, I'll post those pictures. They're pretty cool. We've got other Mini good ones. Let's see. Uh, Shane said, I now have a four-car garage. I do now have a four-car garage. I have the Phaeton, the Lancer, <laughs> the Lotus, and the Cayman, uh, the Cayenne. He says, is this uh, – Right tool for the job or too many cars. Honestly, Shane, I happen to have been in the Lancer today instead of the Phaeton, and I'm I'm loving it. I really, really like it. It's a great snow car. Back to why the Lotus isn't out in the snow. It's it partially is I don't want to get another set of wheels and tires for it, even though I might borrow a friend's just to do a snow video in that car. It's also the fact that we get enough snow in Park City and there are enough boneheads that I don't want to ding that car in the snow because when you ding the front or rear of the Lotus, you typically total it out. Mm-hmm. My FRS mm-hmm. was perfectly happy to drive in the snow. Something like your, your Cayman where you could get just a front clip, yeah. I would feel much more comfortable than driving the Lotus. But I really like having all four cars if I had place to put them. If I had a four-car garage, <laughs> I'd be much happier than I am now. I have two parked outdoors. But all of us would. If we, I know. I have two parked yeah. outdoors. And the Lancer's been sitting a lot, so it makes me think that three is better than four. But, uh, again, I was in the Lancer today. It was pretty cool. Spide Schubert is going to England next summer for Goodwood. What does he need to know? 
you need to get your reservations. Uh, go ahead and get your plane tickets. I'm sure the dates are announced at this point, but I think the biggest thing you should consider is renting one of those front wheel drive motorhomes in London and driving the hour and a half, two hours south and camping on site. It okay. is okay. way out in the countryside. There are no amenities. Although when you do camp there, they do have the cinder block shower rooms Amazing. for men and women. And you can go in there, you brush your teeth, shower, you can just, you know, this is all, his driveway and lawn. Yeah, but out there, uh, you're going to want to spend time because the mornings are the best part. hmm. You've got your coffee in hand, you're out there early, and when somebody cracks a throttle real early in the morning, it's on. (laughs) Everybody's up. (laughs) Stuff's happening. You want to be there early in the morning, the mist is rising, the dew's on the grass, and somebody cracks a McLaren throttle (laughs) open, you're like, ah! Okay, it's that's how best. you know you've got your people. I see that. That's very funny. When I went, I was at, somebody else made the reservations of the motorhome, and it, you can get them pretty large, and they're great. Just keep it there. Just stay on site for two or three days because all the manufacturers set up triple-story pavilions of all their new stuff. You're just going to want to stay right there, and you can. So make sure you bring the food, figure all that out, but rent the motorhome. Stay on site. Enjoy, because when you're there early in the morning, you can just walk across through everybody's campsite <laughs> and be right there. I love that. Anyway, That's yeah. when the cool stuff happens. So stay on site. <laughs> I like it. Max asked a question about, uh, how about a skiing meetup in Utah for everyday driver fans? Look, if there was a group of people that wanted to meet in Utah and do that, we'd be more than happy to, to go skiing <laughs> yeah. for the day. Uh, we do, wouldn't want to go driving for the day. All the driving roads are now closed. Legacy Rock 07 on Instagram is asking, what do we have on the cars for winter tires? He's got Firestone Winter Force on the CRV that have proven to be a fantastic match. Honestly, it almost doesn't matter what you get. It does, but for winter tires, just the fact that they are winter tires, yeah, you've already changed the game already yeah, for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shopping now for the golf, thinking Blizzax or Hacapolitas. Do not have a, a long experience with the Hacapolitas, although I know they get rave reviews. It just comes down to availability. Blizzax are phenomenal. They're fantastic. Right now, I'm running Michelin Alpines on the Quattroporte because of the mm-hmm. staggered fitment. They're 285 series in the back. They're, oh. they're steamrollers in the back. They're huge. I don't need winter tires that big, but the other option was spending money on wheels and tires to get yeah. a narrower yeah. footprint, which would cost me even more money. So I just thought, you know what? I'll get you know new front summers when springtime comes. I kept the rear Continentals. Those were still fine, but bit the bullet. Got the, yeah. the Michelin Alpines. I like them so fit. far. Good. I'm I glad. haven't had an experience up to this point, and I'm digging I'm it. I have a 5,200-pound car in the Phaeton. 5,200. It weighs more than my wife's Cayenne. It's <laughs> so funny. It has uh, the, the same fitment all the way around, so square fitment. I got uh, slightly narrow. I went 245s instead of the summer rubber of 255s, and I got the Michelin X Ice, which have been okay on the Lancer, but they're phenomenal on the Phaeton. That mm. thing is – I thought it was going to be good in the snow. Road-hugging weight. Seriously. I thought it was going to be good in the snow. It's great in the snow. Didn't we decide that your windshield is the same as the, the Cayenne windshield? If it's not, it's it's Because the, the sunshade fits exactly I, perfectly. I, on, a, on a whim, I took my wife's sunshade for the Cayenne and just thought, this should f- work for a little while. No, it works perfectly. It's perfect. Because the perfect. Phaeton is kind of a parts car. It has the Cayenne it's uh, the, the electronic Phaeton, sensors. Here's the thing, and, I, and, and I bring stuff. this up in my video, which hopefully will be out this week, so the funny. first Phaeton video. A lot of the stuff that they made for the Phaeton, they amortized elsewhere through the Volkswagen product, and a lot of it wound up in the Cayenne. Oh, man. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. There's so many more. We're trying mm-hmm. to get to all of them. Really appreciate you asking. Keep them coming. Keep your car debates coming. Topic Tuesday ideas, too, are very welcome, as are your car conclusions as you choose what you want. You get something new in your life. Love it. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. 